0: Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Um, My name is Megan Healy, and I'm the acting president of the Canadian Club and your co-host for today's event. I am very pleased to be joined in my hosting role by Zachary Bastien, acting president and CEO of the Learning Partnership, and Alexa Chambers, um, acting director of the Canadian Club of Toronto, for a special luncheon in honor of Take Our Kids to Work Day. Every year, businesses across Canada participate in Take Your Kids to Work Day, which provides an opportunity for thousands of grade 9 students to experience the world of work firsthand. Zachary is going to say a bit more about Take Our Kids to Work in a few minutes. I want to remind our students and everyone in our live audience that our panelists want to hear from you. So please write your questions on the cards provided on your tables and we will pose them to our panelists a little later. Before turning things over to Zachary, I want to acknowledge all the adults in the audience today. Adults, please stand so we can acknowledge you. Thank you. I would also like to recognize our student table sponsors, which are Borealis Infrastructure, Navigator Limited, Tories LLP, Border Ladner Gervais LLP, and Blair Franklin Capital Partners Incorporated. Thank you for your support. And thank you one more time to Scotiabank, represented here today by Linda White. We truly appreciate Scotiabank's continued support of the Canadian Club events throughout the season. I will now ask Zachary Bastian to come to the podium to say a few words about the Take Our Kids to Work program.
1: Good afternoon. My name is Zachary Bastian, and I'm a grade 9 student at Holy Trinity Catholic Secondary School in Curtis, Ontario. Thank you so much for inviting me here today. When I chose to accompany my mom to her workplace on Take Your Kids to Work Day, I had no idea I'd end up at the Canadian Club, speaking in front of so many professionals. I'm certainly getting the chance to explore a lot of my career options, and it's barely noon. (laughs) My mom works at the Learning Partnership, the organization that for the past 18 years has run the annual Take Our Kids to Work program. In case you don't know about the Learning Partnership, it's a national charitable organization dedicated to championing a strong public education system in Canada. They do this in a lot of ways. First, they provide six in-school programs that help kids stay in school and develop skills that they'll all need when they enter the workplace of the future. Secondly, they help teachers and senior educators strengthen their leadership skills through a load of leadership training courses. And lastly, they have a policy and research division that looks into emerging issues and trends. But you probably know the Learning Partnership through its flagship program, Take Our Kids to Work. On the first Wednesday of November, grade 9 students spend the day at a workplace with a parent, relative, or family friend, learning basic workplace skills. The program helps young people begin planning their future career paths by helping them better understand the workplace. As I said earlier, this is the 18th annual year of Take Our Kids to Work. Back in 1994, Take Our Kids to Work was a one-day exploration event for grade 9 students in the GTA. Today, it's a three-month, multi-layered program involving 250,000 students and 75,000 organizations in every province and territory. It's it's an event that begins with the launch of the Ultimate Dream Job Contest and ends in late fall with Canada's Outstanding Employer Awards. For students like me who are in grade 9 and are beginning to really think about what they like to do in the future, Take Our Kids to Work is really helpful because we have so many options, Let's face it, there are jobs out there that didn't exist 20 or even 10 years ago. Take our kids to work day is much more than a fun day away from the classroom. It's an opportunity for us to understand the importance of staying in school by learning firsthand what skills are required in today's workplace, develop an appreciation for our parents' careers and roles in supporting their families, and start exploring career options in a practical way and gain a better understanding of just how many career choices are open to us. You may be asking what career choice I'm considering. Well, my dream job is to be a professional soccer player. Thank you again for inviting me here today. This has been an awesome experience and something I'll remember for a long time. Please join me in welcoming Linda White, VP Global Performance and Learning Scotiabang.
2: Good afternoon. Thanks, Zachary. It's an exciting day today as we heard from Zachary for 250,000 children across Canada as they participate in Take Our Kids to Work Day. And we're lucky that so many of you are here in the audience with us today. On behalf of Scotiabank, I want to extend our welcome to all of you. We've been involved with Take Our Kids to Work Day for the last 18 years and it's been a very, very successful partnership. We do this because we believe in the importance and the necessity of education in today's world and also because we want to help youth in Canada and around the world gain the skills and confidence they need to build successful, satisfying lives. Education is key to that. Today, you have the rare opportunity to experience the world firsthand, the working world firsthand, and to begin to dream about your future career. I think probably the coolest part for most of you is you find out what your parents actually do all day. We hope that the things that you've seen today, certainly the things you're going to hear in the next few minutes, will spark your imaginations. If you're not on a path already, maybe you'll find some career opportunities or some things to aspire to, and you can start to think about what are the steps you need to take so that you can get there someday. We're also very lucky today to be at the Canadian Club for lunch, which is one of Canada's most venerable institutions. That's something that adults, we don't always get to come to the Canadian Club for lunch, so it's special for us too. So we're very happy to have this opportunity. So again, Scotiabank is very proud to be here today to support educational causes like the Learning Partnership, like like Take Our Kids to Work Day, and like the Ultimate Dream Job Contest through our Bright Future Community Giving Programme. I hope that you'll take every opportunity today to ask lots of questions, get to know lots of people, and I hope that you've enjoyed our lunch together.
0: Thank you very much, Zachary and Linda. Now let's get started. The floor will be open for all of you in our audience to ask questions, but first I'd like to introduce our moderator for today's event. He is the meteorologist for the News Hour at 5.30 and News Hour final, the GTA's only one-hour local newscast at 11 p.m. Please join me in welcoming Anthony Farnell.
3: Thank you, everybody. Welcome. Hope you enjoyed your lunch. Uh, I'm going to move over here, focus your attention this way. Uh, I'm going to introduce six panelists here today. Three with a ambition to have this dream job, and then three who are maybe fulfilling their dream job from when they were 14 to 16 years old. So first up, I'd like to uh, invite up Azeem, whose dream job is to be a professional basketball player. At the same time, I'd like to introduce also Alicia Tatham, who's a member of the Canadian Senior Women's National Basketball Team. She's also a 2012 Olympian. Welcome. I'd like to introduce up Zoe, whose dream job is an aerospace engineer. And Professor David Zing, who's director at the University of Toronto Institute of Aerospace Studies. Zach, I'd like to introduce, whose dream job is a video game programmer. And Rubla Jama who's the founder at Tiny Hearts, an award-winning app studio and Busy Building Things, a brand for people who make stuff. Okay, before uh, I kick things off and ask the panelists uh, some questions, I'm going to tell you briefly uh, about my dream job, which I'm fortunate enough to be doing uh, right now although this wasn't really part of it when I uh, first thought of being a meteorologist. But uh, yeah, I am on Global every evening and I started out basically at the age of 12 to 14 where I was really into weather, kind of weirdly into it, where I was always looking out the window, everything that was, uh, any pictures I had to draw at school, even in in elementary school, uh, essays I had to do, always had some sort of weather aspect. Uh, So I said, what am I going to do with this? What am I going to do with a a hobby of weather? And we had an ice storm back, I'm from Montreal, we had an ice storm back in 1998, I was in high school at the time, I made my very own forecast, Uh, I was looking on the internet, uh, finding different computer models, and I was confident that there was going to be a massive ice storm. And I told everybody at school, I told them not even to study for exams, there was going to be no school for a week, and lo and behold, it actually happened, and I'm like, wait a minute. Let's, let's take this further. So I figured out what I needed. I went to university in Vermont, uh, Linden State. Great meteorology program there. I knew I needed physics. I knew I needed math. Those are both things that I wasn't necessarily great at, but I knew I needed it to get this dream job. And I graduated, made a resume tape, worked out in Montana and then Montreal and now I'm here at Toronto. Uh, I was one of the youngest Meteorologist to be on TV in Toronto at twenty six I uh, had basically my dream job, and now i 'm just trying to find out how to make it better and where to go next. but uh, thanks for having me here today and let 's uh, start with some of the panelists here uh, basically well, i 'm going to ask the students this question and then i 'll also uh, rephrase it a little bit for for those uh, that already are basically doing their dream job so uh, students all right you 're at the age now you know what your dream job might be um, Basically, why why did you pick this as your ultimate dream job?
4: Just because it's something that I love to do, and it's just a lot of fun. It's something that I can't live without.
3: Basketball, he's talking about. <laughs> All right.
5: Um, I really love space and everything about space and space history, and I just sort of took an interest and then started reading about it, and this is what I want to do.
6: Um, I really like video games and um, and uh, I took a, a small little course uh, as uh, to uh, figure out how to program some games so and I really liked it so
3: okay we'll go around to the back row now uh, when you were 14 15 uh, did you know what you wanted to do did you know what your dream job would be and uh, if so how, how did you pursue it
7: so at, at 14 15 I really didn't know what I wanted to do I I was going to be a doctor or um, a scientist, because uh, this is what you usually see at school. Um, and school doesn't really open your mind up to other n- unconventional professions or creative professions, and I found out about those while I was in university, so I was much later when I decided what I wanted to do. Um, and while I was in university, I decided that I wanted to pursue a career um, in entrepreneurship. Um, I fell in love with the web and technology and design, and I thought that the only way to to, to going to that space was to just do it, and um, in university I started my first company, um, and it was a social network. I was really into sneakers, so it's actually a social network for people who are into sneakers <laughs> called Sneaker Play, um, and uh, it was actually profitable. Brands like Nike came on board, Adidas, and because it's a novel idea or a funny idea, we got a lot of good press out of it as well. Um, so I ran that for a few years, took some time off school, and then finished school and eventually sold that site, um, and then that kind of um, made me love entrepreneurship even more. Um, and then that's how I got to where I am now, where I'm running a uh, app studio and I'm making uh, apps for kids. I'm making games and uh, interesting products like that. Great. Professor? Yeah, so when I was uh, 14, I was more
8: like a Azim here. I think my dream w- job would have been uh, Alicia's job. Uh. <laughs> Women's basketball?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I might have had a better chance, but <laughs> even, even then,
8: no. But... Uh, no, so I kind of uh, muddled through without any clear plan, and I think uh, the day I realized that I wanted to be a, an aerospace professor was the day I applied for a job as an aerospace professor. Uh, in general, in aerospace, you get three groups of people: that one group is people like me, one group is the space nuts like Zoe, and one group is the aircraft nuts uh, who are always, you know, identifying everything that flies over. But but for you, you kids, you know, if you know what you want to do, you're really lucky. But if you don't, you don't need to worry. Most of us didn't know what we wanted to do. And you change a whole lot between 15 and 25. So my advice is keep your options open, because you may change your mind a lot between 15 and
9: 25. Um, for me, uh, uh, probably around the age of 15 is when I decided that I wanted to play for my country and, and, and represent my country in an Olympics. I went to a senior women's training camp, and I seen them all there. They're all professionals at their sport. And um, they all were Olympians. and I decided that I wanted to be that one day. And around 15 was the the time that I decided that that's what I wanted to do and that was going to be my dream. And um, I worked towards making that dream a reality, which I did.
3: And there are a lot of speed bumps along the way. Um, We can all attest to that. It's not just a perfect line to to that dream job. Um, All right, students, put you on the spot here. You you know what you want to do, at least you think you do. Uh, What have you you figured out? What have you researched to, to find... The path to get there.
4: Just playing a lot, work hard, and go through school, and go to college, and hopefully make it to the NBA.
3: Great.
5: A lot of A pluses. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Um, You know what classes you have to take. You know what. Yeah,
5: um, a lot of science and math and physics and chemistry and science. (laughs) More science. (laughs)
6: <laughs> Zach. Um, well, as I said, I took a course on it on um, programming. Also you're going to, I believe, you need a lot of different languages to, um, programming languages to, to program, so yeah.
3: Okay, and to the adults, um, what or who was it that influenced you to take this career path? Was it all from within? Did you have some people that helped you out along the way?
7: Um, So for me, it was a lot about exploring. So um, I initially thought I wanted to get into advertising. So one summer, um, I emailed 20 of the top agencies in Toronto and said, uh, I'm a student who's willing to to work to learn, not work to earn. Can I work for free and find out what it's like to work there? Um, And I think that's the best way to realize if you want to go into a profession or not. So I did that for a summer. I didn't really like it. Um, and I decided to continue and try to create a company, and I took advantage of another uh, program that's put on by the city of Toronto called My My Summer Company Program. Um, So what they do is they take um, students and they give them $3,000 for a summer, um, and they encourage you and give you some resources to go and start a company. Um, So I did that for a summer, and then I fell in love with it, and then I just continued on with it. Um, So it's really just taking initiative. If you're really into a a profession or industry, try to meet people in that industry and... um, and find some mentors so you can really find out if it's for you or not.
8: Yeah, My answer is, is similar. It's sort of a process of elimination. So the more things you can try, the more things you can find out. Maybe you don't like them, but at least now you know that and you can move on. So for me, I went into engineering because my two best friends signed up for engineering and, and when we had to fill out those forms. There was no internet back then. and. Uh, but then I went into a program that was general for two years, general engineering, and I, I realized I don't like electronics, I don't like chemistry, and, and aerospace was left in the end. So, uh, so I, the, but, but summer opportunities are really big. So you can decide whether, what kind of career you want by not only the job you get in the summer, but you can see the company you work at, what, what different people in that company do. So I think that's a really good piece of advice too.
9: Um, well, I'm the youngest in my family, and my brother and sister started out playing basketball. And so, uh, being the youngest, I wanted to follow, and I ended up following them into the sport, and then ended up falling in love with it. And when I started to realize that, uh, you know, I can get a free education and I can um, make money like doing something I love, I decided that, you know, this is something that I really want to do. And I know it's not going to be easy, but I'm going to work at it and, and, and really make that a reality. So.
3: Amazing. do you guys have? Um Have you looked into summer opportunities? Do you guys plan on just taking the summer off, or are you looking to forward your careers?
4: Probably go to a lot of basketball camps and just, yeah, play a lot.
5: Um, There's not really a lot for aerospace engineering, (laughs) but (laughs) until you get into university, and then there's a lot of openings and doors. But my school has, like, a robotics club Mm -hmm. that I belong to and a media team, so... Something. thing <laughs> yeah.
6: um, well also there is not that much, many summer camps for programming so um, I'm going to look into um, maybe dri- trying out some going to companies and finding out what it's like there
3: so. and
6: to the adults what uh, this dream
3: job doesn't really exist what what's involved in an average day we'll, we'll start with you Ashley.
9: Um, actually, so I, uh, there is a workout session in the morning, so I'll do a skill session in the morning, um, individual session with a coach, and then, um, in the afternoon I would do either a a weight and conditioning program, um, that I have, that would be about an hour and a half, and then, or yoga, um, or some sort of stretching and and kind of a recovery exercise for my body, and then, um, in the night I'll have practice, uh, on the weekends I'll have games, um, but in between that I still have to think about my nutrition and hydrating well and um, just taking care of my body to make sure it's at the best um, fit level for my sport to perform at my best.
3: So it's
8: non-stop basically, you can't, uh, it's, it's, it can't never take ends. a week off <laughs> <laughs> yourself, Professor? So yeah, I start every day with a workout too, <laughs> <laughs> not, not uh, I wish. Um, no, the, the big thing about my job is it's no two days are the same. So, uh, and there's a ton of variety, which is good if you like that kind of thing. It's bad if you, you like routine. So it'll be broken up into chunks of lecturing, uh, meeting with graduate students, uh, faculty meetings, maybe meeting with industrial partners, uh, meeting with the dean uh, who, you know, cajoles me. Uh, uh, to put it nicely. Uh, so the big thing, is you have to travel, you have to go to conferences, you have to visit other campuses, uh, visit industry
7: partners. So the biggest thing is variety. Not too many workouts.
3: <laughs>
8: <laughs>
7: um, and I would uh, agree with, uh, with the professor on that one. Um, with entrepreneurship as well, no two days are ever the same. Um, and that's why I like it a lot. Um, and I like to juggle a lot of things, and I have a very short attention span, and I can do that with my own business, I can juggle many projects. So, like, right now I'm juggling three apps, um, and it really depends where the project is at, so I usually break it out into kind of my build mindset and sell mindset, so when I'm focused on building products, it's all about designing um, product development, it's all about thinking about the user experience and designing the user interface and focusing on those little details that people don't notice when they're playing with apps, Um, like how fast it is, does it crash, and then once the product is solid, um, and it's beautiful and pretty. We take it to, to the market, and that's when we launch it, and um, that's when I focus on kind of marketing, PR, blogging, getting the marketing site up, doing trailers, and those, those things to get the word out. Um, so those are kind of the fun things, and then there's also a lot of things that aren't so fun that you have to do when you run your own business. Um, you got to take care of the finances. you got to um, manage a lot of things. you got to hire people and those types of things. Um, so it, it's not all fun. There's a lot of hard work involved, um, but the, the the fun stuff definitely outweighs the the boring stuff.
3: All right, to the students, Zach, uh, Zoe, Akeem, do you guys, uh, now that you've heard what an average day consists of, has this changed your mind at all? Do you you're still confident you have the skill set necessary?
4: Yeah, pretty much do <laughs> most of that, too. Yeah? Well, I try to.
3: Nice. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. You that's, guys, a, that's a relief. That's good, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, get down off the stage. Let's uh, get somebody else. Stage. <laughs> All right, guys. Uh, by the way, if you have questions, write them down on these sheets. I already have a few of them. We're going to get some of your questions in there as well, and I'll try and add uh, a couple things as well. Uh, this, I'm guessing, is, coming, uh, is going towards the professor. Uh, the planet Nibiru, is it real or a hoax? Any idea about that?
8: <laughs> what are your
3: thoughts on the that's planet Nibiru?
8: You got me there. <laughs> Never heard of it. I'm am an airplane guy, uh, so uh, I I've i actually it. heard of it. Uh, Doesn't sound real to me. I thought I thought we knew which ones were the planets. But,
4: uh.
8: Okay. Um,
3: this is to Zachary. What are the no? This isn't for Zachary. What are the steps to follow to become a video game programmer? I'm guessing this is for Reble.
7: Um So there's uh, so one thing that I was telling Zach was. For video game programming, you can get started right now when you're 15 years old. Uh, I've read many stories where there is 14, 15, 12-year-olds who launch their own apps, um, and that's a great way to get press as well. Um, so the the information is all online. You can learn how to develop apps um, if you put the time and effort into it. Um, so that's one thing. Get started right away. Um, and also, don't forget about school. Finish high school, uh, and then when you when you finish high school, you can go to a school like George Brown that has a a very good uh, game programming program um, where they teach you all sorts of languages um, and they'll get you ready to develop for console games and for mobile games, whether you want to do it on Android or on iOS. I'm a big iOS fan, so I say go iOS. First.
3: Um, I'll ask this next question uh, to, to, to Alicia. Um, anybody else can chime in as well. How do you stay focused on a goal when others around you, maybe your parents, maybe your friends, uh, are suggesting that the odds are stacked against you?
9: Um, the biggest thing for me, um, I've I've done this whole thing called a vision board. I don't know if some of you guys watch Oprah, but she does that a lot. And um, a big thing for me when I when I decided that Olympics was going to be one of my was going to be a, a goal of mine, I had the Olympic rings um, pasted on my wall, and I knew that. Um, when I woke up and when I went to bed at night, that's the first thing I and the last thing I thought about. And no matter what had happened or who told me whatever during that day, I knew that, that was my goal and that was what I was setting my mind to. So to have that visual for me was something that kind of kept me focused on what I wanted and what my goal was. And I encourage um, other people to do that as well. Because uh, sometimes you can forget because you will have a lot of negatives around you. Um, but you have to remember what your goal is and what you want to accomplish.
3: So. And Professor um, this is a uh, question from a student out there even though I even though you don't know what you want to be should you still go to school college university
8: well trade school <laughs> all, all of the above uh,
3: no yes uh, yes uh, you should uh, my, my <laughs> advice
8: is is keep your options open and get qualified you know do something and learn to do something so that when you when you go to a job interview when you go to uh, any situation where you want to go to the next step that you have something to lean on. So, so yeah, go, go learn something even if you're not sure where it's going to take you. Learn something and, and do, do the best you can, but try and choose in such a way that it keeps as many doors open as possible.
3: One more question for Felicia. How, how much? A lot of questions about training, actually. I have a few different cue cards. How much training is involved? Were you anticipating the amount of workload that you had to prep for the Olympics?
9: When I was younger, I didn't. I, I just knew that I wanted to be there. And I didn't I didn't know per se exactly at that time. But as I got um, older and into the sport, I met a lot more professionals um, that are actually in the sport and professionals um, in different areas of the sport as far as um, physio and um, strength and conditioning and all that kind of stuff. And I started to teach myself and, and start to learn from, from those professionals what it took to get to where I want to be. And to be to be able to play at the, my best performance, so um, I definitely learned along the way, and it's it is a lot of training. And I didn't I didn't expect it when I first decided that, that was going to be my goal. But once I got into it and I knew that that was going to be my goal, I um I was I was okay with it because I knew what I wanted and that there was nothing that was going to stop me from getting there. So it is a lot. It's definitely not an easy thing. But um, at the end of the day, after I was finished at the Olympics, I was. I was just said, wow, I
3: just, I can't believe I'm actually here. So. <laughs> all right, to the students, um, obviously money has to play in there somewhere. Uh, otherwise, maybe we wouldn't have a job. We wouldn't need to work at all. Uh, do you guys plan on making a lot of money? How much is that come into your decisions on, on what this dream job is?
4: Um, not really so much about money, but... I know if I do end up playing professional basketball, you do get a lot of money. So <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a good because, side, uh, yeah. <laughs>
3: um,
5: I have no idea how much.
7: I'm it's gonna like, ask them yeah. after. Uh, okay. it's always a fun um, question.
5: I didn't really think about the money. It's more about the actual job. Person.
6: Yeah, yeah. With, I'm with Zoe on this one. Uh, it's not so much about the money that you'll make, more that you'll enjoy the job. Okay, to you guys, um, maybe
3: not your exact salary, not to put you on the spot, but what are the ranges in your profession? Uh, How much money can people make as a top cap? What's the average salary, if you know it?
9: Um, It also all depends on where you go. So if you're um, just an Olympic athlete, then um, there isn't as much support uh, financially for uh, Canadian national team um, player, um, but if you do then play professionally, that's where you'll probably make the most of your money um, with the team that you're in and depending on where you are. So if you're in the NBA, then obviously you make a lot more than if you are probably in the WNBA or like in um, uh, a smaller team in the, in Europe, but um, some of the European teams do play um, some, some big money depending on where you are. Uh, you can make... Uh, very low money, or you can make a lot of money. It all depends on where you are in your profession, so, mm-hmm. yeah.
8: So I don't keep up with uh, salaries in aerospace engineering. I'm sure all aerospace engineers make enough to get by. But I'm really happy that the three of you all didn't say money was your main uh, focus, because there are a lot of other reasons to choose a job. Uh, the best reason to choose to be a professor is, is that you you really control your own time most of the time, and that's really an important thing in a job. And for the types of jobs you're talking about, uh, yours is a little different. but. Uh, um, what you want to do is enjoy your work, right? So you want a job that, that you can continue learning throughout your career. You're not doing the same thing, you know, from when you're 35 to when you're 65. So I think you guys have it have it right. You want to choose something interesting. You want to figure out what the trade-offs are between the salary and the amount of time off and the amount of freedom, the amount of autonomy, how interesting is the work, opportunities for growth. Uh, those are the things you want to be thinking about, and it sounds like you already are.
7: Yeah, so that's a tough question. So it's really, it varies a lot. Uh, um, with businesses or apps or, or startups um, some make no money zero dollars and some make a lot of money like Mark Zuckerberg um, so um, so yeah I was telling Alicia that Mark Zuckerberg I think he, he makes more than all of the NBA players combined for like five years right so so it, it really it really varies um, and um, it, it depends on how much work you put in right Um And you have to kind of set your goals and say, you know what, I want to hit this limit, right, and have that vision and go for it. Um, The number might be a part of it, but I think that should not be the number one goal, right? There's a lot of other benefits. Mm -hmm.
3: And just one one quick question for you. Uh, It's about programming language. If they had one programming language to learn, what would it be, C++, uh, Java, Python?
7: Um, So I would say focus on Objective-C. Uh, which is the language that you use to build um, iOS apps, so apps for, for iPhone, iPad, uh, iPod, um, Macs, um, just because that's a place or that's a market where a lot of people are downloading apps. They are paying for apps, and they're downloading free apps as well. Um, so, um, yeah, I would say focus on uh, iOS, or start with iOS in terms of mobile, um, and for web, either Python or Ruby on Rails. Okay.
3: Okay. And just for you guys, is there a general course that you think would, would just help maybe narrow their search but still keep other possibilities open? Is there something that you guys took in high school or maybe first year university that, that really helped you out a class?
9: Um, well, my uh, my um, degree was in sport management. I took that at the University of Massachusetts. And I started to realize um, all the other jobs, opportunities in sports. So. If you're very interested in, in sports, and um, maybe if you you know, you know can't be an athlete or a professional athlete, then there's so many other avenues within sport. There's marketing, there's, there's management, there's agency, there's college sports, there's pro sports. There's so many different avenues in sport that you can find a job without just being a professional athlete. So I think that was a, a, a nice um, a degree for me to kind of open up my eyes to, mm-hmm. to more of the sport rather than just being a professional athlete. I see kind of the back stuff. And
8: something to do after. All exactly. Season.
9: Exactly. Because yeah. you can't play forever.
8: <laughs> so. Yeah. I'm not sure I completely understood the question, but assuming I did, I mean, Zoe did have it right. If you want to be an aerospace engineer, it's math and physics. But, but I, I just want to tell you, you don't have to be a math star in grade nine, and if you're not a math star, you say, well, I can never be an aerospace engineer. I mean, there's plenty of time to become a competent person in math and physics. So as long as you don't hate math and physics, then I think you're,
3: you're okay.
2: <laughs>
8: Okay, uh, this
3: is for Alicia. Um, you've reached your Olympic goal, so what's next for you?
9: What's next for me? Um, so the 2012 Olympics—that uh, was my first time at an Olympics—and um, I have four more years left in me, and I think that I'll, I'll definitely strive for the 2015 Pan Am Games coming to Toronto and. Um, the 2016 games in Rio. Uh, the 2015 games for me in Pan Ams and for Toronto is pretty big for me because then um, I can, I'm can, i going to be able to play on such a huge stage in front of family and friends in my hometown um, and in my, my own country, which I don't really get to do very often. So um, I'm pretty excited about that.
3: All right, this goes out to all the adults. Uh, in all of your professions, the lure of the U.S. must have been enticing. Why did you decide to pursue your work here in Canada? Also, uh, this question directed to myself, so I'll, I'll just start out. I worked in the States, uh, I worked in Montana for about a year and a half. I had the opportunity to maybe pursue some other jobs uh, in other states, and I chose to come back to Canada just because I missed it, I like it here. I, I went to school in the States, it was just didn't feel quite right. And, I mean, I would probably go back if, if the job was right, but that's That's my answer for that one, yeah
9: I'm sorry you uh, if, if
3: you why why are you here in Canada rather than if if an opportunity arrived in the states?
9: Um, I'm actually getting prepared for an opportunity in Australia uh, to play professionally on a team out there, so um, I, being an, a professional athlete, I travel a lot and i I've lived a lot of places i was I was joking with you earlier that I kind of live out of a suitcase because mm-hmm. I don't really have a specific home because i I'll play here and then um, so I'll live in a certain country. I've lived in many different countries in Europe. And um, uh, for me right now, that's, that's kind of
8: where I actually spend every summer for the last 25 years working at the NASA Ames Research Center, which is in northern California. So from July and August, it's uh, 78 degrees, not a cloud in the sky, guaranteed. So, uh, yeah, I have asked myself why I stay in Canada. And I don't have a re- my answer is a bit like Anthony's. I really never considered leaving Canada. I mean, Canada's – Canada's Canada, and so uh, mm-hmm. I don't. I don't like the idea of people, you know, running off to seek better opportunities somewhere else. I think that uh, we should make sure there are lots of good opportunities in Canada. <laughs> no, no,
7: offense to your plans. Of
2: course. <laughs> <laughs> That's different. Of course.
7: Um, so, again, I agree uh, wholeheartedly with that. Um, Toronto's home. Toronto's uh, one of the best cities in the world. There's tons of opportunities here. Um, I can't see myself going somewhere else. Um, and, um, and also, when it comes to entrepreneurship startups, game com- gaming companies like Montreal and Toronto are huge hubs. Um, there was this uh, research that just happened recently called the Startup Genome Project, and they did a big study on where are the best places to start companies and how are certain companies successful and others not. Um, and they ranked Toronto fourth on that list um, after cities like New York and uh, Silicon Valley. So I think Toronto is one of the best cities in the world. Um, so it's an easy decision for me to stay. Here's a question directed at Azim: Are you a point guard?
4: Yes. <laughs> too short sure to play any other position.
9: I
3: that, that can change a don't worry. It will. I can change needs. it. All right, this is uh, directed at me. What's the forecast for this weekend? <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be warm. It's warming up. It's going to be uh, nice, especially Sunday. Uh, Promise? <laughs>
2: yeah.
3: Um, this is for Alicia. As a professional athlete, did you have to sacrifice anything, i.e., chocolate? <laughs>
9: Um, yes, there's a lot of sacrifices had to be made um, for me as a, as a professional athlete. Obviously, I have, the number one priority for me is taking care of my body. Um, so I, I have to obviously have a nutritionist and, and eat the right things and um, obviously stay hydrated and do all that kind of stuff. Uh, with me traveling a lot and with my commitment to my sport and the things that I have to do for that, I've missed out a lot on um, big milestones in my family um, as far as, like, birthdays or weddings or um, stuff like that, and I've had to do it because of my sport, and those are the sacrifices I've had to make, and a lot of people do understand that that's, that's what I have to do to get to where I want to go, and some understand, some don't, and, and that's just the way it goes, I guess, but um, at the end of the day, I think um, it, it was all worth it, and it continues to be worth it, but... People that are close to me understand, so that's all
3: that matters. Great. Questions for the students. Look at other students that are here. Uh, Some of them maybe are fortunate like you. They know what they want to do. Others maybe not. What do you suggest to the students out there that maybe don't know what what uh, their career path is going to, where they're going to go in their career path? Zim?
4: Me and the professor were talking before. Really, just do something that you enjoy, so then you stick with it.
5: Um, Find, like, your hobbies or the things that you really like and then find a profession that fits with them.
6: Yeah, just find something you really enjoy, something that you'll have fun with and go with it.
3: And I'll ask you guys, I'm pretty sure the answer, you enjoy your job and myself the same. I enjoy my job, I don't dread going to it every day and that obviously plays a big role. You guys like what you do?
7: Definitely,
8: right? <laughs> <laughs> I, I love my job, but I, I do want to stress again to the kids uh, related to what Alicia said, is is you don't get something for nothing. So uh, mm-hmm. a lot of the things that make my job really enjoyable, uh, I pay a price. I work long hours. I work a lot of nights and weekends, and, and but it's it's worth it. So uh, I, I think you have to, I mean, at any given time, I'd rather be goofing around than doing my job. But I still love my job, and, and, and I know that, you know, the things you have to do to pay the rent, some of them are more fun and some of them are less fun. So, I don't think you should expect your job to be nonstop fun, and, and if you do, you're going to really limit your, the possible jobs you can have. Uh, Azim will be the lucky one, and, and Alicia, and it's not even nonstop either. I'm sure the workouts aren't fun. So, I think you've just got to understand that uh, there's some give and take. So, I, yeah, I love my job, but that doesn't mean I wouldn't rather be on the beach or something. <laughs>
9: Yeah, I definitely agree. Like, I think um, anything that, that you want in, in life, as long as that's something that you really want, there are going to be bumps and there are going to be some, some adversity involved. But um, if that's something that you really want and, and you know that that's what you want, then there should be nothing that should take that away from you. Um, and at the end of the day, through all the things that I've kind of been through, there has been some bumps in the road. And at the end of the day, I look back now and actually reaching my goal and being where I am. I start to realize that I'm so grateful for those those rough times because it made me a stronger person and it made me better at um, what I'm doing. And it will definitely prepare me for my future after sport as well. So.
7: And last word to uh, Um One of my favorite quotes is, uh, love what you do and do what you love, pretty much.
3: Good advice, guys. I hope you found this uh, useful.
10: My name is Alexa Chambers, and I would just like to say thank you to our panel for giving us some insights into your aspirations and exciting careers. I can tell by the buzz in the room that our guests really enjoyed what you had to say, and I definitely enjoyed it too. The very wise and ancient philosopher Confucius once said, choose a job that you love and you will never have to work a day in your life. This sounds like the perfect reflection to our theme today, to be inspired, to dream big, and to love what we do so much that it doesn't seem like work. Our panelists have also demonstrated that it takes motivation and hard work to achieve the goal. I'd like to thank each of them, Anthony, Azeem, Alicia, Zach, Roble, Zoe, and David, for inspiring us all to make good life and career choices. <laughs> On behalf on behalf of the Canadian Club of Toronto, I'd like to present each of you with a small token of our thanks. First, to our ultimate dream job finalists, a gift card to Chapters Indigo. And for the adults, a bottle of premium Ontario Amarone styled wine from the Foreign Affair win- winery pioneered and owned by Canadian Club member, Lan Crispino. Let's give our career panel a big round of applause. Thank you you to everyone in our audience for filling the room with your energy, your enthusiasm, and your excellent questions. To the Learning Partnership creators of Take Our Kids to Work, a big thank you for working with the Canadian Club for Take Your Kids to Work lunch day. Let's do lunch again next year. But for now, I want to turn things back to Megan.
0: Thank you, Alexa, and thank you, everyone, for joining us today. This concludes our program. Be sure to check our website at canadianclub.org in the days to come to view the webcast of today's program and to learn more about us. Thank you all for joining us. This meeting is now adjourned. (laughs)